Welcome to the next message from Encounter Church. For more information about our church, visit us online at EncounterPGH.com. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the message. All right, so this is week two of the midweek services. Thank you, everybody, for coming. Uh, So what we're going to talk about tonight is um, what I'm calling the DNA of the future. So last week, that sounds like a sci-fi, you know, episode on like uh, some channel or something. But um, last week we read, we shared kind of the the vision that we have for the new season. I'm going to recap in a little bit of that. But we also talked about, um, you know, we read out of the story of where God brought the, the Israelites to the edge of the promised land, right to the Jordan River, and essentially showed them this is the place that I've been telling you about for, you know, through all of Genesis, right? If you guys remember through our created series, God had been promising, I'm going to give you your own land. I'm going to, you know, take you to this promised land. And then when they finally get there, they send 12 representatives in to kind of scout the land out and all of them come back and grumble and are afraid and they're not willing to go in except for two of them. And then everybody except those two ultimately ended up missing out on the promised land because for a variety of reasons, the least of which, or maybe the most of which is, they didn't have faith that God was who he said he was and that he would do what he said he would do. And so last week we talked about how we want to be the people that hear what God is saying, that sees what God sees and say, okay, God, we don't know how we're going to get there, but we're going to come after you and come with you and believe that you're going to do what you say you are. You're going to lead us to that promised land. And so last week was a lot about us um, really be just saying we're going to become the people that God wants us to be, right? Um, and so um, some of the things that we're going to talk about tonight is really that vision and what it means for us and what does it mean for our church. But um, I want to just kind of recap a couple things. One thing I said last week that I want to say again is that every single one of us that are in this room tonight have been impacted in some meaningful way because of God's dream for Encounter Church and for our city. Every one of us are here. If this church meant nothing to you, if there was no impact of any kind, you wouldn't be here, right? God has spoken to you. He's impacted you. He's challenged you. He's encouraged you. And so we're thankful for that. And so that's like the space that that we're calling upon every person who says, you know, has this church impacted you? Then great. We want that for more people. And that's the idea, right? So all throughout the summer, our leadership team has been meeting together on Monday nights for months now. It's probably like three months, I think, is what it's been. Meeting together and praying together uh, in a similar format to just like this. Dreaming and talking and discussing and listening to God and coming up with a strategy for what we believe is what God is saying for us to for this new season. So this midweek service and these midweek services are about sharing what that new season is all about and inviting you to join us in partnering with God to bring it to life. And so we have a vision for this new season, and I want to share um, a little bit of what we talked about last week, and then we're going to talk about what that DNA of that vision looks like for our church. And so the vision that we're talking about, you might have heard this before already, is the vision for the East End. You know, we started our church almost five years ago, and we focused on the neighborhood of Lawrenceville. And while we never, you know, said we weren't a search for the city, we focused really on Lawrenceville and that neighborhood specifically. But about a year and a half, two years ago, really felt like God was was challenging me as a pastor and for to and us as a church to expand the 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 sphere of influence to include the East End. And lo and behold, God brings us to a location in the, the neighborhood academy, which is surrounded by eight residential neighborhoods. If you just turn in any different direction in a circle, you'll be pointing at a different 
neighborhood. And that is just so really cool. So that's our vision is for the East End, serving and reaching families and individuals in the East End and being ready when they come on a Sunday morning and growing stronger and stronger together. And so the thing that we said on this past Sunday, a real crystallized aspect of that vision is that we feel it's so important for us to be a consistent, life-giving presence in the neighborhoods surrounding our church. Um, that, you know, the, the body of Christ throughout all of time that it has been in existence since the New Testament up for the last 2,000 years has had influence and impact in its community surrounding, whether it's house churches or it's physical church buildings or it's the city that a church is in, whatever it is. And that is an element that we began our church with, and that's an element that we're going to get back to as being a consistent, life-giving presence in the neighborhood surrounding our church. Another aspect of that is an intentional, focused, and regular outreach. So in order for us to be a consistent, life-giving presence in our communities, we have to be in our community serving them. Um, And so we're going to be introducing our quarterly all-church outreaches. This is a very focused, intentional way for us as a church as one body to say, hey, we're going to make sure that we're in our community and we're doing it on a quarterly basis. And so we're excited about those. Another thing we're going to be focusing on is creating clear pathways to connection and on-ramps to build our teams and grow the church. So what we want to do is when people say, you guys are are really interesting, I want to come check you out, right? Whether they come because of an outreach or whether they come because you invited them or because they saw a sign or whatever, when people come in the doors, we want to be very intentional about creating them, creating spaces for connection points into relationships. That's one of the reasons we love our church so much is because we have people who care about us, right? We know that we've got friends and people we can live life with and share our burdens with and celebrate our joys with, right? All of that. And so we want to make sure that when every person comes in, we have very intentional pathways for people to connect into those relationships, um, whether that be lunch after Sunday morning or whether it be specifically through life groups or whatever that looks like. We want to be intentional about that. But also, we want to make sure that we're keeping our dream team fresh. We want those individuals who do serve to have people coming alongside of them. So we want to create intentional spaces for people to say, I want to get involved and now I'm going to serve on a team and I'm going to give out of my gifts and the things that I'm interested in and my passions and my abilities and, and join teams. And that's going to have a double effect. The first effect, obviously, is the person who's now serving gets to participate in God's plan, which is which we know is life-giving, right? That's, that's like you become a greater disciple when you give of yourself into his, into his uh in his kingdom out of how he's created us to be. The byproduct of that, though, is that our teams are fresh because now we have people joining the team. So now not only a select group of people are are holding up the church and serving, but now everyone is doing it. So that's really we want to be focusing on creating those connections and on-ramps to that. And obviously that'll help foster a fresh, focused, and a fired-up dream team. So this is all leading to two specific dates And in a second, you're going to hear that the dates are different than what we originally told you, but that's because we learned that several of our uh, individuals in our church are going to be out near the end of the month when we originally had planned a couple of things, so we pushed them back a week to make sure that we could have as many people as possible. So what we're pushing towards is November 4th is going to be, right after service, is a chili cook-off and fall festival. And that is going to be the first of our sort of quarterly like that'll be an example of one of the types of outreaches that we're going to do. One of the four of them will always be some kind of celebration, fellowship-oriented community event. The others will be related around like compassion-oriented or gospel-centered or um, service projects. But once a year, it will be something similar to what this one's going to be. 
We're going to be handing out 5,000 door hangers on the Saturday before, which is October 27th. So if you're, you know, wanting to get your calendars out, if you're around, listen, the 27th at 10 o'clock in the morning, it's a Saturday at 10. On the 27th, we're meeting at Neighborhood Academy right in the front of the building there. And we'll have maps and we're just going to break up in the groups and we're going into all the little neighborhoods that surround our church and handing out and putting them on the door hangers. This is not something that you have to be you know, uh, uh, afraid of because we're not asking you to knock on doors. We're not asking you to like, you know, have conversations with people unless it's obviously natural, like, a, oh, hey, what are you doing? Like that kind of a thing. We're just putting them on, moving to the next house, putting it on the door, putting, that's it. We're inviting people on those door hangers to the following Sunday, November 4th, to our church service and to the Chili Cook-Off and Fall Festival right after service that day. And the idea behind that is, is we're trying to, one, we want to introduce ourselves to our neighborhood. We've been in our building for a year and have gotten ourselves on our feet. But now we want to say, hey, we're here to serve you. We're here to love you. And we want you to experience the love of God that we have. So we felt like a, an event that would be something fun that would encourage people to come who might be interested in you know, checking out a church in the area. And so that's what we're doing. This is an incredibly important day for our church. Um, it's an all-hands-on-deck event. If you can be here, please be there that day, November 4th. We're looking for people to serve in church on Sunday to make sure our teams are staffed up, because if we have guests coming in, then we want to be ready for them, right? We want it to feel like a full house. We want you to bring your family and your friends. Ask people who maybe go to other churches to come that day so that when people come, they feel like, wow, there's something happening here. You know, that's the idea, right? We want it to feel really exciting. Not that it's not exciting on other Sundays because God moves in our church every week. But clearly, we want to have set ourselves up for the best space for that. And having, you know, friends and family there creates an energy. So let's do that. But in addition to that, we also need people to obviously help us um, host the chili cook-off and the event. So if you'd like to make chili, we need people to make chili because who knows? I mean, we're going to give out 5,000 door hangers. We're not going to get 5,000 people. Typically, you know, you can expect like a half a percent or a quarter of a percent off of that. So, you know, we're hoping for 15, anywhere between like 10 to 50 people would be great. If we have five new people who come to church that day because of those door hangers, that's a win, guys. That's a big deal, right? If we get 10, obviously if we get 50, that's huge, right? It doesn't really matter. We're not shooting for a specific target. We want to be ready. So November 4th, Chili Cook-Off Fall Festival. If you can be there, please do. And we'll have sign-up sheets so we can make sure we know who's going to be present. So that's that. And the Saturday before is our invitation Saturday, the 27th. Uh, out in front at 10 o'clock. We're going to be just handing out the door hangers. So any questions about that? Just want to make sure that everyone's clear on that. That's where we're heading. So now we're, we're going to update our graphics and everything. If you guys see that on Facebook and on Instagram, like the pages, you know, like the, the likes or the, um, the posts, share them on your pages so people can go invite people, say, yes, you're going to come to the Facebook events if we create them, that kind of stuff. That helps create that. So, all right. Now, here's where we're going. So last week's big idea was in order to go where God wants us to go, we have to become the people that he wants us to be, right? So that makes sense. In order for us to go to the place that God wants to be, to be ready for his blessing, to be used by him, we need to be have our hearts ready. Well, in addition to that, this is this week's big idea that we're kind of just set the tone for. In order to go where God wants us to go, our focus must be on our mission. So it's not just enough for us to go somewhere and be ready for what God wants to do, there needs to be an intentionality around what we're trying to do and who we are. And so um, we need to understand what our church exists for. 
We need to understand why we do what we do. And we need to understand why it's important. And so here's what I would say is when we understand what it is that we're trying to do as a church and as individuals as part of that church, we will be focused, we'll be motivated to partner with God in bringing his dream for our church and our city to life. When we understand why a church does a service on a Sunday, why do we do outreach? Why do we say the things that we say? When we all understand that, it creates a unity and it creates an atmosphere for us and it creates motivation. I understand. I'm focused. I have a reason to do, right? That's what we wanted to talk about tonight. And so I'm calling it the DNA of the future. If last week we said the future is bright, well, what does that look like? The DNA of the future. Tonight we're going to talk about a focus on our clear purpose, mission, and values of our church. And this is the, this is the concept behind it. We want everything that we say as a church to be simple. We want it to be clear and we want it to be talkable. Simple, clear, and talkable. Here's what I mean. The purpose of our church, if you've noticed over the last year, we shifted it around and made it super simple, was we want to encounter God in real life. Encounter God in real life. That is the goal. That is the overarching goal of everything that our church does is in order to fulfill that purpose. Okay? And think about it this way. Encounter God in real life. It guides everything we do. It shapes all of our decisions. It's, it's, it's the strategy. It's about discipleship. Everything comes out of that space. We want people to know, to invite them that they can know God and that we can teach them that they can experience him anywhere. If you think of it that way, not a lot of churches talk like that. Maybe if you've grown up in maybe in like a Catholic environment or um, maybe more uh, not Protestant types of environment, or maybe not evangelical or whatever, it may be a very foreign concept to you. You are never told that God wants to know you, that he loves you, and that you could, you could experience his goodness, his grace, his blessing when you're at work, when you're in the car, when you are, you know, after you had a fight with your spouse, when you're frustrated, you know what I mean? You, that, that kind of a thing. So the concept of encounter God in real life is this idea that we want people to know who God is. We want them to know that they can, that he's available to them at all times in any space, no matter how far away they are, right? And that drives how we worship him. That drives how we seek after him. It drives how we serve him. It drives how we treat people in our communities. It drives all of that. Everything is geared around the concept of encountering God in real life. So our purpose, the driving factor, is encountering God in real life. Now, the mission of our church is how do we do that, right? And you guys have probably been familiar for the last four years. We had the, that sign that had the three E's, right? I mean, it says experience God, explore faith, and express publicly. And that was really good for a while. But we've, we've decided this summer that we feel like it's time to shift it and make it even simpler, even clearer, and connect it to our purpose. Okay? And here it is. We want to love people. We want to know God. And we're going to serve the world. That's it. So if someone asks you, what's Encounter Church all about? You could give them one of two answers. You could say, well, we have this saying, it's called Encounter God in Real Life. And then you just tell them what you think that means, like to you. Like, you know what, that just means that I can know God everywhere and I can experience him everywhere. I don't have to be at church all the time to, you know, however. Or you could say, you know what, our church is super simple. We, we love people. We want to know God, you know, and then we serve the world. Well, what does that mean? Well, just that. Like, we're all about relationships, so we love people, right? Every person, we love them. 
we, we know God, so that's, you know, we spend time, we're serious about knowing Jesus and experiencing him, and, you know, and then we serve the world. We're very active in our community. That encompasses everything that our church is and will be. So we wanted to make it super simple, clear, and talkable, right? That's the idea. And the reason we're sharing all this with you guys is because I think it's so important for all of us to be ambassadors for our church. We all need to be talking about our church. We need to, if we love our church, people need to know we love our church. And, and what we realized in a lot of conversations was from, from people on our leadership team as well as individuals who just attend church was, you know, trying to figure out why is it that maybe people don't invite them to church or whatever. And some people were saying, I don't really know what to tell people. I don't know how to talk about our church because we are a church that's made up of a lot of different people from different backgrounds. And that's beautiful. And we'll talk about that in a second. But we wanted to give everybody a very clear talking point, like a language to use so that they can express that to people in a positive way. We want to encounter God in real life. I think that statement alone tells people that we're, we're serious about our faith. We believe God is noble. You know, like that's powerful. That's huge. A lot of people are like, what does that mean? Well, it means that God's not just in a book. You know what I mean? Like however you'd say that, I think it just opens conversation points. And then love people. Know God, serve the world. We're going to put it on our website, probably put it on a t-shirt one day. I don't know, like all sorts of different things just to make it super easy to talk about what our church does, the mission of our church. How do we help people encounter God? They encounter God by when we love people, they can experience him, right? By knowing God, teaching people, they can know him. When I know him more, I can help them know him more, right? And then serving the world, they can encounter who God is and his love and his grace and his mercy and forgiveness as we serve the world. I think it's super simple, incredibly simple. So our purpose is encounter God in real life. Our mission is to love people, know God, serve the world. And then the last aspect of this concept of the DNA of the future is our core values. We've talked about this a little bit before, but I thought it was so important. The reason our core values are important is because they're like the flavor or the DNA of how our church feels, right? It guides us. When we have a decision to make, how do we, how do we decide how to handle it? When we're, how do we know that we're being true to ourselves, right? Most churches, all churches have the same mandate, go into all the world and make disciples. That's the Great Commission. Every church has that. How each church does it is unique, and part of that is defined by their values, right? So here are our core values. The first one is relationships first. If you've been hanging around Encounter Church for any period of time, you probably know that we're very serious about relationships. We're always thinking about how can we get someone to come to lunch with us? How can we put food in their mouth? <laughs> how, can we, how can we love them, let them know that they're cared for, that they're valuable? How can we invite them into conversations? How can we include people, right? Relationships first, but it's deeper than that. Relationships first is not just let's hang out together. It's also we carry each other's burdens, right? It's when I see a friend in need, when I see a brother or a sister in need, I want to help them. I want to be there for them. I'm going to cry with them. I want to lift them up. I want to hug them. When they're having a rough day, hey, let me come over. Hey, why don't you come over and hang out with us, right? You go do events together, all those kinds of things. But you know what also it is? We solve conflict in relationships too, right? In our life groups, we pour everything, push everything into relationships through life groups. You have a problem with somebody, go talk to the person you have a problem with. That's not only modeled by Jesus, that's modeled by the disciples of spending time with each other. So relationships first. Everything we do runs through the context of relationships. You have a problem with Pastor Jared? Something that I said on stage in my message, you don't understand? Something that I said, you disagree with how I interpreted a passage of scripture? That's fine. Let's talk about it in the context of relationships. When I say something that may be harsh, 
or maybe something that's critical or something that's discipline, you know, discipline like, you know, as an authority figure, you know, it's because I love you. It's not. But if I tried to say the same thing to you, but I didn't have a relationship with you, you'd probably walk out the door. You know what I mean? That's 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 relationships. So that's one of the our core values is relationships first. Our second one is everyone is welcome. Everyone is welcome, and that literally means we will not discriminate about anything. When someone walks in the door, we smile at them. We give them a hug. We give them a handshake. We're happy that they're there. And that's hard. It's harder than it sounds because sometimes people walk in the door who don't look like me or look like you. Maybe they smell different than you or me. Maybe they're clearly um, antagonistic to our faith. Perhaps they're only there because their friend dragged them there or their parents dragged them there. I don't know. There could be a myriad of reasons why someone could come in the room and we could, it would be easier for us to shun them or to keep them to the side. I know that sounds, um, sounds implausible, but I, I can tell you in the early days of our church when we were at Arsenal, anybody in here remember when we were at Arsenal, like a few of us here at the middle school, there was a Muslim man who walked in the door and I didn't know it at the time. He was just sort of hovering over by the donut table, which is a great place to hang out. And uh, he, a church service had started. And I was out there and I, I said, hey, I said, so thank, so glad you're here. What's your name? And I introduced himself and, and I said, you know, so glad that you're here. And the first thing out of his mouth was, I'm a Muslim. <laughs> I was like, it was like confessional moment or something, you know. I was like, it's okay, man. You're, we're glad that you're here, you know. I said, you want to come into the services? I, I don't know. I said, okay. Right. You know, obviously I would have loved for him to come into the church service and hear the message that I had on my heart to preach. Um, But one of the things about being welcoming is that we just respect the journey that people are on and we welcome them into our family. And I believe that he just felt that day. I don't know that he actually came into the service or not, but he did get a donut and he did get coffee and he got a smile and a handshake and people loved him. And that might be a seed that is planted in his heart towards the gospel, and maybe another pastor or another church or another place he gets to hear the gospel message where it matters into his heart and he gives his life to Jesus. We don't know. Our job is to make sure that everyone is welcome. Does that make sense? All right. Number three, unity through Christ. This is a new one that we've added. Uh, It used to be everyone is welcome, and that was it. And it was sort of trying to encompass all of this, but I found myself keeping to continually sort of expanding on it. And so what that means is kind of what I alluded to earlier. Unity through Christ means that we have people from all different walks of, of streams of Christianity, particularly. I mean, we could talk about other you know, backgrounds, atheist or Muslim. Or we're specifically talking about, obviously, you know, within Christianity in this concept, unity through Christ. We have people who come from Catholic backgrounds, people who come from Pentecostal backgrounds, people who come from uh, Methodist, Presbyterian, maybe come from um, Episcopal, Anglican um, you know, non-denominational, Baptist, whatever, right? And every one of those has little unique differences, sometimes big differences. There's like a spectrum. One, some side is more charismatic and some is much more um, less demonstrative and, and more analytical or educational based in some of those spaces. And so some of the gaps can feel pretty wide. Um, unity through Christ means that we focus on the major piece, which is Jesus Christ, that we are one family, one body in Christ. So that means that we focus on the centrality of the gospel. Everything else is up for conversation within the context of relationships, right? So real life story, I have a disagreement in a theological concept 
with an individual in our church. And we have had conversations about this. And we still to this day disagree on the topic that we talked about. But you know what we did? We went out for coffee and we talked about it. And we sat down and we studied together and we learned and and tried to see each other's sides to understand why the individual sees the way that they do. And we're not talking like, I I make this joke, like we're not talking about, oh, well, that person thinks that way because they saw it in People magazine. That's not what we're talking about. These individuals, you know, sat down and had a notebook full of notes of different passages of scripture and books and quotes that were scholarly men and women of God who led them to the conclusion of why they believe what they do about the topic that they believe. And I arrive at a different conclusion. But you know what? It's not about, that's not the centrality of the gospel. That topic had absolutely nothing to do with how salvation comes to a man or a woman. It has nothing to do whether someone believes that the word of God is, 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 the, you know, is the word of God that is inspired by him. So what we say in our starting point And now what we're adding into our core values is that concept, unity through Christ, which means that we will unify no matter what stream of Christianity we come through, and we will be one family because of who Jesus Christ is. We serve him first, and through his love, we're made brothers and sisters. And because of his grace, we now have grace for each other in our disagreements. So that kind of means things like check your preferences at the door, right? It means like if you're uncomfortable, good. That's probably the way it was supposed to be because that's the gospel. It challenges our assumptions, right? It challenges what we think we know and causes us to come to the middle. And so that's the reflection of unity through Christ. Relationships first, everyone is welcome, unity through Christ. Number four is dig deeper. So we certainly want to be fun. We want to have a good time together. We want to hang out. You know, we want to go to parties. We want to throw parties. We want to backyard barbecues. We want to go to baseball games. We want to do all of those things and have a great time. We want to welcome our community. We want people to know that they can just come here before they believe in anything and just sit down and know that they're loved, right? We want that. But at the same time, we want to make disciples. That's who we're called to be. Go into all the world and make disciples, okay? We know that discipling people is a journey. I'm on that journey. There's a lot I don't know. A lot, right? A lot of things that I thought I knew that I recognized that I don't know, okay? So dig deeper is the recognition of this idea that what's your next step? What's next for you? So every message that I preach every time has got some practical element. What step can you take? If you're a new believer, what's the baby step that you can take towards Jesus? If you've been a Christian for 25 years, what's the next step for you so that your faith is not stale? What is it that you can dig into your faith deeper? So you see how they balance each other? Everybody's welcome. Hey, we don't care where you come from, what you think, but we also want to dig deeper. So in the context of relationships, as I get to know people, I can say to that person who doesn't know Jesus and is you know, still, you know, I don't know, doing all sorts of things that aren't good for them or that we would normally consider to be that's sinful or wrong or whatever, but you know, they're new to this thing. So we're having a conversation because we love them, we hang out with them. Now I can start to speak into their life a little bit because it's a journey. What's the next step for them? So dig deeper. Relationships first. Everyone is welcome. Unity through Christ. Dig deeper. And our last one is all in for the one. All in for the one. And this really comes out of the passage of scripture where Jesus gives the parable of the 99 sheep, right? He says, if if you had 99 sheep, 100 sheep, and 99 of them were fine and safe, but one of them went lost, wouldn't you go out into the wilderness and, and go find that sheep? You would do anything to find that one lost sheep. And that when he comes back, you rejoice because you found the one. Like the 99, you're like, great. 
I'm glad you're here. And it's not that he doesn't love the 99 sheep. It's that they're already found. So his purpose, his focus is I got to find that one that's lost. All in for the one means exactly the reason we're here tonight as a church, why we're calling you out here, why it's important for us to recognize what's been happening in our church, why we look at the opportunity around us, why we want to be sensitive to the fact that, that God is telling our leadership and me now sharing with our church like that there are people in our cities who are, who are in need, who are lost, who are broken. Your neighbors, right? Your co-workers, people in our neighborhoods all around us, they're the one. They're the lost sheep. When somebody comes on a Sunday morning and they don't know Jesus, or it could even be someone who does know Christ, but who's going through something, they could be the one. Are we all in for them like Jesus was in the parable of the 99, right? All in for the one means I'm going to do it. I'm tired, but I'm going to get up anyway. You know, it means I'm going to get up on a Sunday morning and I'm going to come because I'm serving on a team. I don't feel like being here today, but I'm going to have a good attitude because I'm all in for the one. It means I'm going to come out on a, on an outreach. I'm going to be there for the canvassing. I mean, guys, hear me, right? If you can't make it, you can't make it. But listen, all in for the one is an attitude. It's a heart check. It's a, it's a willingness to lay down your life, you know, and you know, if I could at the risk of sounding, uh, boastful or arrogant, and I don't mean it, I think you guys know my heart, Paul says, Apostle Paul says in the Bible, follow me as I follow Christ, imitate me as I imitate Christ. I want you to know, Heather and I have laid our lives down to plant this church. That's not out of a sense of look at me, puff my head, you know, puff myself up, and it's not that. It's that space of like, is it worth it? You know, kind of like I said on Sunday morning, like, isn't your friend worth it? Isn't your coworker worth it? Isn't, isn't the person who is in Stanton Heights or in Highland Park or East Liberty or wherever, you know, isn't that person who's banging their head against the wall and about to commit suicide because they're, they can't pay their bills, because they, their husband left, I don't know, whatever it might be, are they not worth it? Didn't Jesus give everything for that, especially when that passage of Scripture that says that while we were yet sinners, Christ still died for us? Like, Aren't they worth it? And so all in for the one is like a challenge. It's a rally cry of we have got to be a people who say, you know what? I was once the lost. I was once the broken. I was once the, the, the one who needed. I was the sinner. I was that one. And God came and found me. He did. I mean, probably every one of us in the room have some kind of story of how God did something to get our attention, you know? And that's the idea of all in for the one. I mean, serving on our dream team. It means coming to our outreaches. It means making things like this a priority. It means inviting people to join you. All of those types of things. So our core values are the standard that we hold ourselves to and what we call everyone to live up to. That's the idea. So to kind of close, the DNA of the future, of what Encounter Church is, and I think it's just so important for us to know that. I wanted to stay with this tonight so that the next two weeks we're all about like, the dream team and breaking into teams and those things. And that's fine, but why do we do it, right? Our purpose is to help people encounter God in real life. Our mission is to love the world, to know God and to or love people to know God and serve the world. And our core values are relationships first, everyone is welcome, unity through Christ, dig deeper and all in for the one. I want us to be one church, I want us to be one family. I want us all to be headed in one direction together, each of us doing our part. And I believe that if we do that, we will be a consistent life-giving presence in our community, and we will have a healthy 
in a vibrant church. So that's it for my talk tonight. Um, what we're going to do is we're going to break into discussion groups, and we've got three just questions for us to kind of talk about to kind of process this, right? Again, relationships, right? Getting to know people, discovering this process together, and then we'll come back together, kind of close up, and then we'll go home. Um, but I just want to say thank you guys for coming. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. If you call Encounter Church Home, or if you'd like to partner with us to support the work that God is doing here, you can take advantage of our online giving option. Just go to EncounterGiving.com. Also, stay up to date with us throughout the week by following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at EncounterPGH. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.